If you know how to achieve better efficiency, it'll save you money at the pump. On TV, we only get a few minutes to share each story, but here we get to tell you all the details about stories that are important to Greater Cincinnati. I'm Stephen Albritton, and this is WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. You have to really pay attention to what's around you. Today on the pod, most of us have been keeping an eye on gas prices over the past few weeks. And with the summer driving season around the corner, that won't be changing. So we brought in the world record holder in hypermiling to help teach us all how to stretch that tank of gas that will hopefully translate to dollars staying in your wallet. Joining me right now, Wayne Gertis. He is an expert in hypermiling. So Wayne, kind of take us through, you know, for people who've never heard of this term before, what is hypermiling? Simply means beating the EPA in whatever you own and drive. If you've got a 20 mile per gallon rated vehicle and you get 24, you're hypermiling and uh, you're doing pretty well. Better than the average driver anyways. And, and that's what people want to hear. Uh, you know, we're, we're touching on this topic because there is this uh, fear that gas prices uh, might be going up in the near future. But taking a step back, how did you first get into this whole world of, you know, being extremely efficient with, with driving? I think a lot of people wouldn't think of becoming an expert in this and, uh, you know, taking this to uh, what you've taken it to. Well, 9-11, a little political, but uh, the funding that came for the 9-11 attacks came through businesses that bin Laden's family had owned and they were supported by our oil addiction. And, you know, putting the pieces together, it was time to say, how can we wean ourselves off from our oil oil dependence on countries that don't like us? The best way to do that is to lower your consumption. And the easiest way is no matter what you own and drive, drive more efficiently and you'll use less fuel and, and that will move us away. Now, we're not as dependent as we were back in uh, you know the early 2000s. But oil is oil, and there's a price to it. And as, as everybody's experiencing right now, the price spikes due to a, a pipeline hack. You know, this, this is uh, not out of the ordinary going forward, probably. So it's best to be prepared. And if you know how to achieve better efficiency, it'll save you money at the pump, and it'll save a little grief in case uh, your local station does actually run out due to the shortages, like what's going on. And, Tennessee and the Carolinas, Georgia, Florida right now. But you make a good point about dependence on oil and people may not know how much oil is in a lot of our everyday products from plastics to, you know, just using it to drive. So let's jumping into our focus on driving. Take us through some tips on hypermiling. How can people, you know, take their normal day car, whether it's a truck, it's an SUV, whether it's a car, old, new, uh, how can people go about just saving those, uh, those precious gallons of gas and extending those MPGs? Well, we do have to talk about the vehicle itself, and it's a little too late for you to go out and purchase something like a, a Prius plug-in or a uh, for Maki or something electric um, today. You're not going to do that. You're stuck with what you are. However, you have to look back, you know, 2008, the average national price for a gallon of gasoline across the entire country was $4.11. That was July of 2008. So those those warnings have been hitting us about every three or four years, you see a price spike and you're like, wow, should I be driving my, uh, you know, my pickup truck this week when I should be driving the sedan, et cetera. Well, America has moved definitely to the SUV market. And so let's just say that on your next vehicle, plan for the worst going forward. And that doesn't mean you need a four-wheel drive, lifted, heavy-duty pickup truck. That means you probably should have a sedan or an electric or a plug-in or something very efficient in the drive to cover your your, uh, daily routine. That's 
not what we can do today. What we can do today is plan our trips. For most people, they go to work, they come back home, then they decide, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go grocery shopping or to the movies. Not so much yet that we're still pre-COVID, but we're inside of COVID. But uh, anything that you do, try to plan your trips on that way back from work. Instead of driving back home and then out, pick up groceries on the way home. Pick up your prescription on the way home. Do whatever you can to eliminate the amount of miles that you're traveling. And that alone will eliminate some of your consumption. Moving into how you drive, that's that's where I really come in. You have to be smooth and you have to be consistent. For example, coming up to a red light, there is no absolutely no reason for you to have your foot on the accelerator pedal once that light ahead turns yellow. There's absolutely no reason. You let off, coast in all the way. It doesn't matter if you're going three miles an hour up to a red light. It's still a red light. You're just coasting in and try to extend that long glide for as long as possible so that you're not consuming fuel while you're trying to maintain a speed and then slamming on the brakes or hitting the brakes to slow down at the red light. Another thing you can do, allow the rabbits to run. You'll notice a lot of people around you, they're going to race around you. They're going to try to get to that red light. There's no trophy or trophy girls giving you any cash money at the red light. Let those rabbits run. And what they do is they trip the light ahead of you. So by the time you're coasting in, you're going to sail right by them as the light turns green and Guess who won the uh, award not to go to the gas station? The person that just glided right through and planned ahead. Speed does kill fuel economy. If you're going to drive 80 miles an hour, you're going to get hurt. You probably see some stuff on that about about the uh, ability to get better fuel efficiency at 70 miles per hour versus 60 or 55 or better at 80. I get better at 80 than I do at 65. That's all internet myth. After testing thousands of cars using speed versus fuel economy graphs, only one vehicle showed a 55 mile per hour better than 50 mile per hour average fuel consumption. And that was a 2016 Camry that was very unusual. But after 55, it dropped like every single heavy duty pickup trucks, pickup trucks, SUVs, sedans, plug-in hybrids, electric vehicles, they all fall off with speed. So speed kills fuel economy. Keep your speed to the posted speed limit. It, it is not a suggestion. It really is the law. Stay in the right-hand lane and follow the speed limit. You'll be surprised at just that over a long trip, you can save 20, 30% over, you know, I'm going to go 80 miles an hour because I got to be there. Well, you, you have that opportunity to get there faster a little bit because you're not going to average 80. You're going to probably average 70 versus driving at 55 or 60 when you're going to average 53 or 54. The difference isn't that much, but the fuel savings is 30%. Do you want to pay 30% more at the pump? That's the equivalent is by driving 80 versus, you know, 60. Um, moving to cornering. There's uh, race cars actually work in this fashion is they cut the apex. That means a 90 degree corner. You want to cut the corner just so it's nice and smooth. You don't want to come to the corner and then make a 90 degree and cut off. Try to maintain a little bit of speed and just cut the corner a little bit. It's maintaining speed around that corner that will save momentum and you won't be using your brakes, which just is absolute throwing away heat at all costs. Um, it's just another way to save fuel in the short run for the average driver. Some other tips, and I hate to call them tips because they are, they are full-blown techniques, is on an uphill, let's say it's a, just an overpass, you're going 45 miles per hour down a boulevard, speed limit's 45, and there's an overpass ahead. 
instead of allowing cruise control or your mind to say, I'm going to maintain 45 miles per hour, what you want to do is lock your foot on the accelerator. So it's exactly just locked. And as you climb, you go 45, 44, 43, 42, 41 at the top. Your foot is still exactly where it's supposed to be. It hasn't moved. And then the back side of that overpass, you go 42, 43, 44, right back to 45 miles per hour. It's called driving with load. That saves a ton of fuel instead of you maintaining that speed where it uses a bunch of fuel going up and you're going to fuel cut on the backside. Just maintain the engine load at a very efficient region going up and back down the other side. It, these are these are some pretty basic um, techniques that you can use. But overall, um, I haven't driven a car that I don't achieve at least 50 percent above their EPA in in decades um, it's it's very easy to do. A 20 mile per gallon vehicle to me is 30 or I'm doing something wrong. A 50 mile per gallon vehicle is getting 75 or I'm doing something wrong. I do own a Prius Prime of 2021. It's rated at 54. My lifetime over six over the 6,000 miles I've had is 84 miles per gallon. And it's just the way that I drive that makes the difference. I do not use much fuel. And when I do, it's going to be efficiently um, consumed. But when you mention these numbers, you know, 80 over 50 or 40 over 20, 35 over, you know, the 25, when you first started it, did you expect to see these big gains and just take, it sounds like taking your time and being consistent? Um, no, not at all. When when I first started doing this, is I had a longer commute to work and I thought, how can I save fuel? And I just started working on the cornering, the speed, the technique. Um, the climbing, the descending, um, anticipatory focus, uh, which is another thing, is always anticipate what's ahead of you so that you're not hitting the brakes when you get there. Um, by putting the whole package together, you know, at first I started, oh, I'm getting 10% better. Then doing, adding two or three of these techniques. Now I'm at 32% better. And then adding five or six techniques. Oh, now I'm at 60% better. And it's it's not uncommon once in a while for me to double the EPA of a vehicle. Um, I've been in 20 mile per gallon vehicles getting 40, and I've been in 55 mile per gallon vehicles getting 110 for very lengthy stretches. You have to really pay attention to what's around you and just imagine that you're on a bicycle and all of that energy, you drive up a hill, you're right up a hill. That's the same thing going on with your vehicle, except you're moving three to 4,000 pounds up a hill. Try to let your, let your vehicle's momentum get you up a hill and then let the um, that potential energy change to kinetic as you go back down, you're going to find out that you save a ton of fuel doing it. And you kind of touched on it with being consistent and training yourself in this world of, you know, distracted driving, whether you're changing a podcast or radio or, you know, just people uh, looking at a GPS or their phone. How do you gain that consistency to you know, do all these things. Cause I mean, it sounds like you're, you know, you got to keep an eye on what your foot's doing. Got to keep an eye on the road in front of you. Got to keep an eye on uh, you know, the odometer and the speedometer in front of you. Uh, how, how do you tell people to make sure this is an all engaging drive to uh, maximize these MPGs? Sure. What's going to happen is you're going to have to pay attention while you're working through all these techniques over the period of three months. It doesn't come natural. You aren't going to turn into, you know, a, a world-class Guinness World Record holding hypermiler in an overnight time frame. But over a period of months, what you're going to find is you're going to become a better driver because you're going to become aware of how lights are changing ahead. How, let's say, uh, the walk signs on lights for the crosswalks, when you see them go from white 
to red or orange, you know, hey, that light's about to turn. So you can adjust your speed, even slow down before you get there and then coast in so that you're still moving through the light. You're going to start to see cars and trucks and traffic and impediments far, much farther ahead than you are used to seeing. And it'll become automatic after a few months. And by doing all of these, uh, by placing all these techniques into practice, you're going to become a better and a safer driver, as well as a much more fuel efficient one. It's going to save you at the pump. It's going to save wear and tear on your vehicle. And long-term, it's just a, it's a better solution for everybody. And switching from what you can do, you know, personally controlling the vehicle, what are some things people can do on the vehicle themselves? You know, you hear myths and facts and fictions about, you know, what your car can do, what you should have on AC or not, windows up or down. I mean, obviously windows up would be more aerodynamic for your car, but what are some things people should remember just with maintenance on their car to make sure that their car is in best condition to drive and to uh, increase those MPGs? Sure. One of the things you can do is when you do get your oil change, let's say the manufacturer would say, okay, your Toyota Camry requires zero W20. Do not put five W30 or five W40 or 10 W30 in that vehicle. Put zero W20 in it. Um, That's what it's required. And that is the best way to save uh, fuel on the car. Because if you put a heavier weight oil in there, it's going to harm efficiency. Another thing you can do, and I'm going to give you an example. If you open up a BMW uh, owner's manual, you're going to find that tire pressures change as you change load in the car. If you have, uh, it might be rated um, at 20 miles per gallon, but with just one person in the car, you're supposed to have 33 pounds in all four tires. However, in the manual states right explicitly that if you have three people in the car and two sets of golf clubs, you should be at 44 pounds in your tires. That's a handling issue, but it also creates a better efficiency issue if you are loaded to have higher pressure. I usually run um, about max sidewall on my vehicles. And what it does is it provides for better handling as far as turn in and shorter braking distances in dry, but slightly longer in the wet. So you have to be careful and know about these facts. The other part, um, the tires last longer and you do gain efficiency by moving up the tire pressures from placard to more. And especially if you're carrying load, if you've got two, three passengers, you're heading across the country, you're going to be doing high speed, press up the tires a little bit. You're going to gain working. AC is a different, different animal nowadays. We're not, we're not running AC compressors usually off a belt. Most, uh, especially with the hybrids and the plug-in hybrids and electrics, it's all electric. Now they're not as inefficient as they once were. So driving with AC versus not, it's usually, uh, as efficient just to drive with it on from let's say 74 on up. That doesn't mean there isn't a savings by not using AC. And if you are not gonna use AC on a beautiful 73 degree day, it's sunny, you're driving down the highway, crack your window on the driver's side, just maybe an inch or two, and then crack the passenger side window in the back about two inches. And it'll give a cross flow across you so that you're still comfortable, yet you don't have to use AC. It's just another little technique that you can use to save a little bit of fuel. Now we're talking ounces of fuel here for all of these things over miles, okay? But you add up ounces after ounce after ounce and ounce, and pretty soon you're actually talking real gallons and you're talking real savings at the pump. So Wayne, to kind of you know wrap up our interview, you know, so somebody comes up to you off the street, you know, what's what's the message you give to them, especially in the climate that we're working in, working in right now? The best the best thing you can do right now is minimize your trips. Um, that way, there's no there, there's no learning curve to that. If you're going to go to the grocery store, do it 
make make all the stops in, in one trip. And I would recommend doing it by going to the furthest point that you're going to reach that day first. The reason why, because there's a little thing called warm up hit. When you first start your vehicle, it is not nearly as efficient as it will be when it's warmed up. So what you want to do is go to the furthest destination first, and then all the little trips coming back, your car is essentially warmed up for all those trips, and you'll be getting much more efficiency than you would if you do a lot of short trips right from the beginning, because your car may never reach um, what we call normal operating pressure and temperature, um, so that you gain efficiency because the car is warmed up by going to the furthest destination first and working your way back, and then combine them. Just keep combining everything you do. You do not need to go to work, come home, then go to the barber and then come home and then go to the grocery store and then come home, put them all together, get it done in one, one shot. And if you don't have to go to work, like if you can, you know, telecommute or, you know, work from home, by all means do leave the car parked. There's no sense. If you can walk to the grocery store, that's three blocks away. Definitely do that. You'll, uh, by not even going to your vehicle, you're going to save fuel that you would normally just get in your car and uh, take advantage of. Oh, it's easy transportation. There's a cost to everything. You're, you're exactly right. There is a cost to everything. And from everything I've learned in our conversation, I've learned so much. It's just being efficient, staying on top of it. And most importantly, as we all should be doing when we're driving is paying attention. Wayne Gertis, thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond the Studio podcast. We definitely appreciate it. Thank you, Stephen, and good luck with your driving today and in the future. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This has been WLWT Newspot Beyond the Studio. I'm Stephen Albritton. Thanks for listening. We've all seen it. That check engine light in our car. Do I check it now? Check it later? Can I keep driving? That one light doesn't tell you what you need to know. And if you get your weather from a symbol on your phone, you're not getting the full story. WLWT Weather has the only certified most accurate forecast in Cincinnati. It's where you get the difference-making details. You'll know exactly what to expect and when, so you can plan your day. WLWT Weather, Cincinnati's certified most accurate forecast.